Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul. It's the 27th day of November. Thank you for joining me as we are in Luke chapter 4. Today we conclude the 18th verse with the phrase, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Also, a little closer in the Greek, to set at liberty those who are downtrodden. But I also, I think we're going to include the 19th verse today, and it's not because this little last phrase isn't important, but because we talked about liberty in the... in two days ago, we talked about proclaiming liberty. There is a a difference there in to proclaim liberty and to set at liberty. It seems that Jesus has work to do in setting us free versus proclaiming liberty. There's a proclamation of liberty attached to the gospel that if you are captive, you're in captive no longer. And that would seem to incorporate sin, Um, man's date with destiny, so to speak, that we're no longer captive to this system and we're no longer captive to the old way of life. We've been set free because of Jesus. And that's why I said we don't have to pay for that. That's, That's a done deal. But then there is the setting at liberty and the setting at liberty are for the downtrodden. And I I kind of feel like this is once again, Another way of parsing the spirit and the soul, Jesus proclaims the liberty to the spirit, that he has done the judicial work, but he has to set at liberty all of us who are downtrodden. Downtrodden is something that happens to us along the way. We get trod upon. We get stepped on, forgotten, hurt, harmed, abused, molested, injured, And some of it is, no doubt, is us doing it to ourselves. But there's also equally no doubt that it is some things done to us. Jesus is in the work of healing those things done to us. So he's setting at liberty those that are downtrodden. And it also tells me that when you are downtrodden, it's a form of enslavement. Because you're enslaved to what happened to you or to what's been said to you, done to you. And and you need set at liberty. You would think he would say to heal those or, down, or to lift up those who are downtrodden. But by setting us at liberty, it shows us that we become captive to the things that hurt us and that harm us. I don't want to overstep here, but I wonder if this also includes depressions and discouragements and things that just, things that just knock us down, therefore the word downtrodden. And it's not that they're sins. I used to think that, and I, and I got this from just faulty teaching, or at least faulty understanding of teaching, that depression was a sin. But I don't think so at all. I, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why people are depressed and clinical and psychological and sometimes even medical. But when we get crushed down, when we're so downtrodden, whether depressed or not, whether discouraged or not, when we're downtrodden, we become enslaved to that in some way. Jesus has come to set us at liberty. We need to let him do that, do his work. And that brings us to 19 to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In Leviticus chapter 25, the Torah tells us that there was to be a year, every 50th year, there was to be a releasing of debts 
and that those debts incurred between one member of Israel and another member of Israel or Judah were to be forgiven. Property was to go back to its original owner. And I've read that there's never a recorded case of this actually happening. Like Israel had Jubilee on the books is something they were supposed to do, but we don't know what it looked like for them to actually do it. We're going to assume they did. When Jesus says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, this is a proclamation much like his earlier proclamation to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is a done deal. This is an announcement. And Jesus is making an announcement of the acceptable year, which is the year of Jubilee. And he's not trying to make an announcement that he knows it's the year on the calendar. He's making an announcement that this is a year spiritually of Jubilee, that Jesus has proclaimed that he is in a Jubilee year. He closes the book in verse 20. He closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now, I, I include this verse because by closing the book, he doesn't read the next line. And I told you a few days ago that next line is to declare the year of God's vengeance to declare the day of God's vengeance. And he tells Luke, or he didn't tell Luke, I'm sorry. Luke tells us later in the gospel of Luke uh, that that day of vengeance is fulfilled. This is Luke 21, 22. These are the days of vengeance that all things which are written are fulfilled. What, what are the days of vengeance? When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you'll know its desolation is near. So the days of vengeance that the Old Testament speaks of is the surrounding of Jerusalem by armies. That happened in AD 70. That's the culmination of the vengeance, of what's called vengeance in the Old Testament. Jesus leaves that line out because he's not here to bring in AD 70. That's going to happen. He's here to declare jubilee, and then he closes the book, and everyone is fixed on him. Their eyes are fixed on him. Now, I told you I love Luke 4. I love it for two reasons. I love the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's awesome. But then I love what he does next. So what he has just done leads to what he will do next. And I want to take some time with this. So today's 27, tomorrow's the 28th. When we have the 29th, what we're going to do is bridge over the next two days into the next segment, and the essay edition is going to incorporate the block of what Jesus says next. And it's one of my favorite things to preach. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I'll let the essay do that. So for the next two days, we find out what happens in the room before the next big speech by Jesus. And we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.